So I'm sitting here, and so far, if you're familiar with Stranger Things, uh, especially season four, one of the characters immensely popular was Eddie Munson, who was the uh, founder of the Hellfire Club. And I'm not going to spoil the show for you if you haven't seen it, but anyway, his cosplay is super popular. I've, I've seen a couple of them already. I really just kind of want to go up to them and say, hey, which Ramon are you? But uh, I don't know if that's going to piss people off, so maybe, maybe I won't. Incorporated in 1875, proclaimed as the City of Destiny, Tacoma has maintained itself as the City of Grid. Tacoma kept its in-your-face artistry and individuality that sets it apart from anywhere else in the world. Our never-say-die attitude continues to this day. We are honored to bring to you those who live in Tacoma and its surrounding areas, whose contributions are what bring this city to life. The reputation is real. Welcome to the Grid City Podcast. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Grit City Podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Scott. I'm Jeff. And what's today's say for Jeff? Comic books. Yeah, that's two words. Comic books. Because we are at the Grit City Comic Show. Hanging out. We're uh, hopefully going to talk with people. We are sharing a booth with our good friend Ken Carlson. Hey, what's going on? Oh, you know, living the dream. Hanging out. Checking out some cosplayers. I hope that's a cosplayer. Uh, He's got a giant... Uh, Warhammer Axe and he's a little bloody so there's some amazing stuff going on around here already. We just started up and uh, most of it's just uh, the vendors coming out because I think we're not even five minutes open yet. Uh, This is going to be a lot of fun because hopefully we'll get some people to talk about some bullshit. Uh, I have a plan. We'll see how that works out. Yeah, I know. It's a plan. But the plan is that we uh, uh, the plan (laughs) is Oh, God. The plan is that uh, I have a whiteboard out there, and it says, hey, if you want to be on a podcast, talk to us, and then I I will ask you a random question, and then we'll have some fun with it. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it works out, uh, if people want to talk to us or not, uh, you know, and uh, maybe we'll sell some merch. we got some amazing t-shirts here. Designed by Jeff, um, and we've got our old reflective shirts too. We got some really cool stuff. Also, some great stickers, some amazing uh, emoji stickers that we've got. And uh, Ken is here selling all of his Hellbound Slant Six. You heard a couple weeks ago when he was on. He's also got some other amazing things as well. Some cool Skeletor art. So check out uh, Ken'sOFKC.com to get all that stuff as well. Uh, and as we continue and go along, we're going to uh, hang out with people and talk and see what uh, see what we can find. And uh, we'll get right into it. All right, guys? All right, so we didn't get a chance to talk to him because he was like seven years old. I don't want to bug a poor little kid like that. But there was just a kid who walked by in a Freddy Krueger costume that was amazing. And I, seriously, like the kid's like seven years old, which is Actually, maybe older than the first time I saw Nightmare on Elm Street. I saw Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 2 when I was like, I don't know, like 5 or 6 years old. And it was literally my first horror movie. And I've... and I, Yeah, right? I got, I got a story about that movie. So, at the time, I think I was like in maybe the... I don't know, maybe the 4th grade. And I had my first girlfriend. 
Like it was oh, one yeah, of those I, I never even talked to her, but we were boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> and her friend called me on the phone, another girl I never even talked to. You know, she's like, um, you should really take her to the movies. You know, if you're going to be her boyfriend, you really need to do stuff like that. And I said, I don't know what kind of movie. And she said, well, the Freddy Krueger, the Alan, Nightmare on Elm Street. I said, are you fucking nuts? I, said, I think we broke up. I said, I'm not. <laughs> but, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, <laughs> that's amazing. My first thing with that was that when I saw it, I didn't realize that I'd watch. I was watching the TV edit, so there was a bunch of stuff missing. So maybe that's why it didn't scar me as much. And I didn't realize for the longest time that the scene where Johnny Depp gets sucked into the bed and then it explodes into like the geyser of whatever. Yep, that's a scary scene. That's that, what I remember yeah, too. Yeah, but that like I didn't even realize that was in that movie. For the longest time, because I had seen the TV edit and they took that out. Because I watched the TV edit sometime later, I'm like, they just totally skipped that scene. I was like, wait a minute, holy crap! So yeah, yeah, I didn't like that, especially when they went back and they started changing things. When you started watching, uh, especially the TV edit, they started adding things now. My favorite thing uh, with TV edits, and I think I don't know if you guys know about it, but it's Lebowski. Uh, the big Lebowski, and it, this is the best part because I think it's yep, uh, yeah, exactly. It was uh, this uh, how you find a stranger in the Alps, which is it's. Yeah, it's like do you see what happens, Larry, when you find a stranger in the Alps, which is supposed to be when you f a stranger in the air, which I'm not going to swear. I mean, it's our podcast, but also I'm in the middle of a whole place with children, so I don't want to scream that. Did you know that Phoebe Bridgers named one of her CDs Stranger in the Alps? Yeah, it's so great. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So TV edits are amazing. And I just wanted to bring that up because we already saw some amazing cosplay here with uh, the little Freddy Krueger kid. So props to them. I'm uh, slowly wandering around the, uh, the floor right now. And I came across one of my good friends. I've known this man for some years now. And he's also already done some amazing art for me that is in my home hanging because I love Thanos and he did a couple of amazing arts for me. I have Justin Hunt with me, a fellow Justin. There you go. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How you doing today? Good? Yeah, doing good so far. It's a good crowd already. We're early, but uh, everyone seems coming uh, ready to uh, hang out. And I'm excited because I was stoked to see that you're going to be putting some stuff out there because... I love your work, and I have for a long time. Thank you. Even just with, like I said, the Thanos art, and I'll even post some pictures in the Discord so people can see that. But it was just, like, you brought those to me a long time ago in another, uh, like, a whole other life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was helping you. Yeah, and I was helping you promote, uh, you know, your artwork and stuff like that. And so uh, I was happy to see that you're going to be here. And how's it been going? Well, man, I'll tell you what. Since then, I've done about 75 covers. Um, so, that, you know, I look at that Thanos and I'm like, oh, I can do so much better now. But, um, you know, I have, I, I just submitted, I just turned in two covers for Coffin Comics. I have four more I'm working on for them. I have to have done in the next two months. I've got stuff for SourcePoint Press. I have stuff for CounterPoint coming out. Um, Antarctic Press I have stuff working on. Um yeah, it's just we're staying busy, and I'm out here. I got some original art. I got some prints. I got a bunch of the comics I've worked on. Um, and for a one-day show, this is actually a really fun show. That's the one thing that people were kind of worried about when they split Jet City and Grit City. But I feel that like they made a really good decision on that because you're not 
it's 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 two different crowds going from Seattle to Tacoma and having a one day in Tacoma makes a lot of sense and the fact that it's on a Saturday Mm -hmm. like people can come by and just hang out it's perfect and I love all the different art because you have some serious comic book art thank you but then on the other side you've got some amazing Rick and Morty art I love the Han Solo and Stitches Chewbacca yeah that's um that's uh Ohana means we're home (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like Winnie the Pooh is Indiana Jones. Yeah, those are actually covers for the new uh, Do You Pooh series. Really? Yeah. So Damn. that's fun. That's amazing. That's so super cool. And so how did you even get started doing art in the first place? Because, I mean, a lot of people will do it as for fun, but you really got into it uh, and doing, uh, really getting into it. I've always done it. When I was in the military, I was doing it to get out of doing work and then stuff like that. <laughs> and then... um. I did a bunch of paintings for the NFL um, for, like, uh, I did stuff for Charles Woodson's retirement. I did stuff for Sherman. Uh, There's some Wilson stuff. I did some uh, Ichiro art. I did some stuff for Drew Brees. So all that went out there, and some people noticed, and they're like, hey, can you do comics? And I was like, sure. Probably. So I'm actually, my my art style, if you look at my, my paintings, are actually very realistic. So this is a whole different world. But, um... And then just one thing after another, and then my big break was Brian Polito with Lady Death. And oh, then yeah. um, that just kind of, you know, if he puts you on there, it, it kind of, like, stamps your resume. Um, and it just grew from there. <clears throat> and if you look at my style, which they can't see, but um, it's diverse. Yes, so absolutely. Um, some are very cartoony. Some look like an 80s feel. Some have a very modern feel. Some have the Zenoscope feel and stuff like that. And some are, like, uber real. So, um as an artist, I just kind of explore what the client wants, even if it's a commission, and I, I, I test myself, I guess, is the way to do it. I push myself. But, I mean, that's a really good bit of advice, too, because you don't get better unless you do it. Right. And even you were just talking about, oh, you know, like the, the old Thanos that you did. I still love those a lot. You're like, oh, I can do those so much better now. I'm like, yeah. you can, but also now you can see the progress from where you were to where you are now. Yeah, but I mean, so <laughs> there's also like I look at it, I, I have prints here that I won't put out because I actually see them and I like I want to go to everybody else and buy them back so they're not out in the public. <laughs> but you know, um, the, but yeah, the practice and you asked me earlier, you know, sleeping and stuff. I I'd probably draw four or five hours a day. Wow, you know, okay. every day, six seven days a week. So and that's on top of having a real job too. Yeah, yeah, and flying. Well, I mean, not like real job is like oh, like uh, I mean kind of like derivative and kind of condescending a little bit but that's not what i meant no no no. i'm not a starving artist (laughs) (laughs) but and so people can find your stuff online too if they want to check out some of the stuff as well right yeah um i'm on instagram uh art of justin hunt it's Mm -hmm. pretty super super basic and then on facebook it's the what are they called the awesome fans of justin hunt i don't run the page yeah 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 Yeah. i do i'm a part of that so as well but if you just look up justin hunt awesome art you'll find it it's super simple and then also you find me on insta on facebook just justin hunt and it's a picture of me pushing my wife on the swing i'm (laughs) I'm happy to have people follow and say hi and i post uh, you know everybody looks there's pictures of my dog it's a picture of me flying, and there's a picture of art. I mean, it's it's pretty basic website, uh, Facebook page. But, yeah, they can reach out to me, and especially if they're in the western Washington area. I live in Tumwater, so yeah. I'm a, I do a lot of stuff at local comic shops, a lot of the local shows, 
um, and stuff like that. So, And if people are interested in doing commissions, are you taking commissions right now, or how busy are you when it comes down to that? And obviously, people will listen to this at whatever point, so I'd contact at that sure. point, I would assume. Um, yeah, so right now we're middle of October, end of October. I can't even take a commission till mid-December right now. Wow, okay. Um, and I'm not, well, I mean, I could take them now, but a lot of artists, they take a commission, and then like seven months later, they give it to you. I don't do that. Fair. I take the commission, you get it within three weeks. Nice. So I don't do, I won't be doing it until mid-December. Um, but they're welcome to reach out on my uh, Instagram page and shoot me a message. Hey, when are you available? Um, and prices vary. Uh, they start around three hundred dollars. And fair enough. Yeah, I've done one that's forty six hundred dollars. But wow. you know, yeah, I mean, and that's like for all, uh, all you know, all uh, income levels. Yep. But also at the same point, you got prints. Like especially when going to like comic book shows or comic uh, like comic shops. Yeah. Like your prints will be all around, so people can just say, "Hey, what's up? Where are you going to be?" Yeah, absolutely. And actually, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here, but Comics the Gathering. Yeah. Um, in t- uh, Tacoma Comics with a K at the end um they have a, a wall of my art so really prints, yeah you can get prints the, there all the time and they're down in parkland right yeah 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 exactly yeah, i've played uh, magic there a couple by times sprinkler, by sprinkler wreck yeah exactly yeah. cool so go check all that out good uh, good call on that and justin seriously thanks for spending some time with me dude yeah absolutely no problem uh when my wife gets here and i get away from the booth i'll treat you to a burger nice all right, all right you know a way to my heart i do <laughs> <laughs> all right guys i don't know if this is going to work because I put a sign out that says, get a sticker and be on a podcast. And all you got to do is answer a question. So uh, we had... Oh, shit. We don't I have... did that wrong. Oh, uh, They what? asked me a question and I answered and gave them a sticker. Fuck. Did you... you suck. That's actually kind of funny. I guess I should have explained it a little bit better to you. So the whole point is, is like, if you want to be on a podcast... You uh, say, hey, I want to be on a podcast, and then uh, I tell you to pick a number, and then I ask you a question based on that number. So let's just start. We're just going to do it right now, and I'm going to do it with you, Scott. Okay. Scott, pick a number. Seven. Seven. Oh, yeah. So the number's between one and 100. So do you want to change your number? No. Okay. Question. Good answer. Number seven. What is the strangest gift you have ever received? Oh, man. Can I think about it a minute? Yeah, you can think about it a minute. I'm trying to think of the strangest gift that I've ever received. And, I mean, I've gotten some weird ones in the past. You know, I think just like, it's funny because it's the comic show, but I've gotten art of myself. Like, people have made art for me, which is cool, and it's, it's really, really neat, especially when I don't have to pay for it, but it is always a little weird when people like their artistic interpretations of you. So maybe this, the strangest gift would actually be, uh, be being in a comic book. I got killed off in a comic book because I was like a boss, like some sort of like mob post-apocalyptic boss, and he's like, hey, would it be cool if I like... Had you as a bad guy who gets, like, totally killed and your, like, throat slit and all this? I was like, yeah, that'd be pretty bomb. So it happened, and so that was pretty amazing. What do you got? I still don't have anything. Like, most of my gifts are just plain gifts. Like, here, here's some money, or here, here's, like, a shirt or something. I can't think of anything that's weird that I've ever gotten. Really? Nothing? You know, it's going to be, like, ten minutes later, and you'll be like, oh, wait, I remember now. Jeff, you ever get any weird gifts? Yes, I have. Uh, no, one time when I was 13 for Easter, my mom and dad got me the Rambo survival knife. That's awesome. 
All right. And that, but weird for Easter, though. My, my yeah. cousin, my, uh, matter of fact, I think it was cousin Al. He's like, fuck, all I got was like a chocolate egg. Oh. It goes, <laughs> <laughs> I think where I'm from, any any excuse to give people weapons is kind of okay. Yeah, so right? like, they're like, here's a gun. It's your birthday. Like, <laughs> that's a real thing. happens all the time. Are you serious? Yeah. That is a, I, maybe it's not a strange gift where you're from. I mean, you were out in the boonies, so shit, maybe. Damn, okay. No, that's real. Well, I didn't say it wasn't cool. It was just weird. Yeah. I thought it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being weird and being cool are not, like, mutually exclusive. Sometimes they're one and the same. So, yeah, I vibe with that. Anything else? You got anything else, that, Scott? No, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I got nothing weird. <laughs> You're really bad at this. You're like, you'd think you'd be on a podcast and know how to talk about stuff. No. <laughs> so anyway, that's how the game's going to work. Maybe we'll get people to uh, talk with us about it, and maybe not. And uh, maybe I'll be throwing out more questions with us. We'll see what's going on with it. Maybe I'll ask some uh, other vendors and stuff as well as we're going around and uh, hanging out. So, Ken, uh, while you were away, um, first off, we sold a print for you, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's fantastic. And we uh, decided to do our random question where I pick a number between 1 and 10. Or I have them pick a number between 1 and 100. I should actually get my rules right. And then I asked that question. And we did one with the guys, which was, what was the strangest gift you'd ever received? And so we were just talking, you and I, back and forth. And I was like, you know what? I did talk about the strangest gift I received was, like, art for me. Like, especially with the Comic-Con. Like, oh, art that people have made of me. Which is always kind of weird, but really sweet, you know? But then I just realized as we were talking, somebody literally has mailed me a box of knives because I said out on the air one time that I wanted, like, my retirement plan was to go from town to town in a van selling knives at various conventions or fairs, and that's how I would make my money. So somebody literally heard me and sent me a box of knives. So I think that is the strangest gift I've ever received. So to that note, Ken Carlson, what is the strangest gift you've ever received? You know, that's uh, kind of difficult to, to pinpoint right uh, off the cuff like this, but I remember in, I want to say, 2000, um, and it was shortly after I had had a, a breakup with a girlfriend, Aww. I got a letter in the mail that was like clippings about how using profanity casually is like bad for your soul essentially <laughs> i don't remember the details but it was a bunch of newspaper clippings like that and it's don't use casual racial epithets which you know it was 2000 so i was doing that to my you know chagrin i don't do it anymore but like yeah. i didn't know as much back then um but it was very interesting i was like who the fuck is like <laughs> is sending me this shit about telling me not to like can you fucking not so use so many curse words dude and i was like what the shit where is this coming from that is a very strange gift. Do you, what now? Was it the ex, or do you think it was just some rando person from that circle, or just maybe even just a random person? I don't know. So I had a public access TV show time, uh, TV show at the time, which was sketch comedy, a lot of swearing. I don't know if it was the ex. I've actually never asked her. Um, I've talked to her since then, you know, and, and I never asked because I forgot about it till just now. That's amazing. I love it. All right, cool. I love the creativity of individuals, especially when they add their own flavor and style to something, and even more so when they're just doing it for the love of hanging out and being able to interact with a group of people. Now, I know that the Grit City Comic Show is about, at its fundamental roots, comic books, comic creators, but it's also about community and bringing people together. And one of those people is Bruce Smith. 
Now, he doesn't have a website and he doesn't have anything other than the fact that he loves creating a 3D terrain game. So think like Warhammer 40K or Fantasy, Necromunda, some of those other uh, games that are like that. And what he has done is created an entire setup called Halloween Town where he is showing people how to play this game that he's made himself a very simple game to learn but fun to play as we saw a couple of times. And the great part about this is that he has created his own terrain, his own setups, and it's on a gigantic table. It takes up a fair amount of space in the back of the convention center. And for a couple of times, there were a couple of games that he ran where people could come up and play and enjoy the aspects of the game. I have a chance to talk with him and we can get into what he does with it right now. But basically the rules is there's movement, and we do that by dice. Uh, there's firing if they have weapons that can fire. Because like I stated, they're going to be facing vampires, zombies, and all kinds of stuff. And then hand-to-hand combat. Then we do the result. And then they all have objectives. For this one, they have to stay alive. They have to fi- find Halloween treasure. And all, they, if they can dispatch any creatures at night, that's going to give them points also. That's amazing. And like even just looking at this, so you've called it Halloween Land at Sherlock Holmes and Scotland Yard Detectives. But you have other stuff, too, because you've got the other teams as Black Panther and the Border Tribesmen, Inspector Constantine, Constantine <laughs> and the Politici, Vadoma and Gypsies, Captain Nemo and Sailors, nice, Mary Reed and her Pirates. So they all have different teams and they do different things, yes, I would assume. Yes, they do. It's, that's what I wanted to make it unique so not everybody's the same. Different power levels, different shooting ranges, all kinds of things. Some are better at going against vampires than others. Some are better Fair with enough, against yeah. zombi- about zombies. And so when you're looking at this, imagine like uh, like a Warhammer Fantasy or 40K game, if you're familiar with those, the tabletop games, or even like in Dungeons & Dragons when you've got somebody who is able to put forth all of the effort and make all the minis and paint them and do all of that. Like, do you... How do you go about this? Because these are very intricate. You've got a cabin in the corner that lights up. There are lights for so many different aspects of it. Do Are you putting them all together? Are you 3D printing them? Are you finding them miniatures? How do you go about collecting all of this? Great question. Great question. A lot of it I buy at gaming stores. Okay, okay yeah. And then some of it is 3D printed. But some of the stuff I've had for a while. So I just re- resurrected. But... What I as stated earlier, I, I love to create. So in my head, I'll come up with an idea, and that's how I kind of go from there. So like I stated, for this year for Grit City is Halloween, so I wanted to come up with something kind of devious and come up with something more spooky. And like I said, uh, it's, it's a lot of, for me, just creating. My favorite thing to do like last night was uh, sit down in my war room, <laughs> drink a beer, listen to nice nice music, and just paint. And that's how I... That's my that's my zen it, area. Yeah, totally. I was about to say it's your zen moment. Like it's that sort of thing that people can do. It's it's one of those things that's highly detailed. So you got to focus on it, yes. and that helps. It's the better zen garden because instead of like you know even with like little sandboxes where you would like move stuff around or do stuff like you have a finished product that you can show off. Yes. And I've already seen people just coming by, just <laughs> literally getting their cameras down there to get some really cool perspective shots. It's really amazing. And I'll be putting the game on at twelve. And at three o'clock, nice. And what's really interesting? I'll see people come by who've actually played in games before. So that's that's, <laughs> that's the unique thing I love about uh, when I do this. Like I said, I have a bunch of group of people who will probably be here today. 
to just kind of come by and check it out. But uh, it's it's really nice. I love the community. I love I live in Tacoma. I love Tacoma, and I love people. And to me, this is such a unique comic show because it's small mm-hmm. and great people are here. Yeah, it's amazing and I've loved it all. I mean, the crowds are really good so far, so pretty stoked about all of that. I'm definitely going to have to come by and check out the game as you've got that going on. Bruce, seriously, thank you so much time for thank spending you, yeah, for spending some so time. Much. And um, do you have a website or is this just out of fun? Just out of fun, but my wife always tells me I need to come up with a website because I've done this for so many years <laughs> and I do need to. I, and so that's, that's next on my agenda is to do that because I have so many photos I could share with, you know, oh, everybody. Yeah, so. yeah, I would love to see all that other stuff, too. So, it. yeah. Rock on. Thank you so much, Thanks. man. We are over halfway. I think we only got about two and a half hours to go left in the convention. I know. We've actually been having a really good time. We have, and this telethon has been doing great, but we're not at the gold yet, so keep on donating. Oh my God! That was uh, <laughs> Scott and Becca's um, daughter came over and uh, sporting a Grid City podcast shirt. Yeah, and uh, as uh, as they were going, I was just like, "Oh yeah, this is all to fund my uh, surgery." And dude was like, yeah, "Really?" I'm like, "No, no, not really. I'm kidding. Please don't, please don't worry about that." No. We've actually had some really good turnout. Like, I think, I think Ken, I think your. Um, your pictures are really pulling people in and then uh, helping us uh, helping us uh, fund some t-shirt sales. So yeah. thank you very much for that. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank, thanks for uh, having, being a part of this. One of the most popular things here is your Skeletor. Your feelings are not an emergency, which is amazing because the amount of people who are, you, are buying that in like managerial positions is, quite frankly, it makes sense. But then we're getting people in, like, in like healthcare, and even a therapist bought a couple of a uh, couple of things from that. So that's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. A uh, therapist, and then uh, there was a guy that was in therapy who bought it because he was in therapy and it resonated with him. And then he came back because he bought a fridge magnet of the same thing to give to his son, and he said, "My son just wanted to make sure this wasn't an alt right thing." And I was like, "Oh no, it couldn't be farther from an alt right thing." That's funny. I think it's just like, yeah, I felt it's kind of based on the memes of Skeletor saying something that's kind of a hard truth and then running away. Yeah, absolutely. And as I've told uh, this story many times, uh, I learned the phrase, your feelings are not an emergency from a de-escalation seminar that I had to attend for work. And uh, Paul Figueroa, peace enforcement, is a former uh, gang uh, police officer from the city of Seattle. And he uh, that got too much to, too much for him, too much for his heart. So he uh, started doing this peace enforcement de-escalation training. And so uh, the message of your feelings not being an emergency resonated with me personally because sometimes I take shit too seriously and need to chill out. Well, and even you and I were talking about that. It's like we're all creative, so we take stuff personally. And I literally have, because it was from a book called uh, The Four Agreements, I have on my refrigerator uh, a sign that says... uh, yeah, the sign that says don't take anything personally. We just saw an amazing Monty Python troop going by um, with uh, God and the Black Knight. And um, uh, Sir, Sir Robin looks like Sir Brave Sir Robin Thank as you. well. And God when God appears in the clouds and yeah. King, King Arthur as and well. King Arthur. So this is there's some amazing cosplay. And I mean, I was joking about like declaring, you know, like calling people the wrong cosplay. And I've done that a couple times. But like. It's fun to shout out something that only the cosplayer will understand. 
which I did with Carmen Sandiego. She walked by and I yelled, Founder! So that was pretty amazing. And then uh, even with the uh, Penguin, it was the old Burgess Meredith, uh, Meredith, Burgess Meredith, Jesus, uh, Penguin. And I just went, wah, 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 wah. And he got it and he laughed. So it was just like, you know, that's small stuff. It's cool to see people's creativity. I liked it when the uh, the guy that's staff security here is an older uh, gentleman who walked by. And you said, uh, uh, I Walmart greeter. I <laughs> I know. I'm not going to say it to his face because he might kick me out. But yeah, so there's been a couple of those. There was there was a couple. There was a couple that walked by. One was wearing a big uh, uh, purple puffy jacket, and the other guy was wearing a gold pullover. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, the Power Stone and the Soul Stone." And they didn't laugh. But anyway, I'm doing it for my own entertainment. So that, yep, that's where we're at right now. Still having a lot of fun here at the uh, comic show. And, I mean, we're selling a ton of T-shirts, but we may have some extra after the show. We'll have to uh, talk to us afterwards. But these are going. People like them. No extra larges. We sold out. Who knew? I think we bulked up on the 2Xs thinking that this was an old-school Comic-Con. That is not the case. Extra large is the place to be, I guess. You're supposed to say diecutstickers.com all the time. That'll be my job in this. I could ask you about your interesting coaster, and you could tell me... Jeff. I'm drunk. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to don't make this hard. Let's yeah, 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 yeah. Let's role play. Let's role play. Yeah. All right. All right. Jeff, you started. Are we doing something now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Act like here. Make 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 a noise. Bang bang that bang that against the. Hey Scott, be careful! You about spilt your beer all over my Grit City podcast sticker. Yeah, don't worry, man. They're they're durable. They're made by DieCutStickers.com. By who? DieCutStickers.com. How do you get them? Go to DieCutStickers.com and tell them the Grit City podcast sent you. Exactly. That's where you can get high quality, durable stickers for any of your needs. Grit City fifteen to get fifteen percent off. <laughs> couldn't come up with it. I, I was like, oh, we need to put that in. But I couldn't. I couldn't. My brain didn't work fast enough. Can we do it again? This is too much fun, but I'm, I'm a little too tipsy to be doing this. <laughs> so this is another man. I, did, we, I spoke earlier with Justin Hunt, uh, the artist that I've known for quite some, quite a few years now. And I've known David here for quite a long time as well. And you run a very interesting project uh, revolving around tabletop RPGs. Yes, I am the chief librarian, not a real one, I just LARP as one, <laughs> uh, chief librarian of Alexandria RPG Library, we're a non-profit role-playing game library. And it's really cool, too, because essentially you collect um, through various means, be it donations, if you just find it somewhere, like a half-price books or whatever, but you collect and basically are a historian of tabletop RPGs. Yes, uh, it's been a crazy five years. We grew from 348 books that came out of my house to we have over 6,000 books now. 6,000? And these aren't just source books. These are like a lot of different, like, straight up, like, the uh, core books for just a random amount of tabletop RPGs. We have hundreds upon hundreds of different systems. So, like, with D20, we've got thousands of different games that were made for the D20 system, but then there's hundreds of other crazy systems that have been made over the years, some homebrew stuff. We've got stuff from other countries. We've got, like, Cult in its original box from uh, uh, Sweden. We've got uh, D&D in Japanese, both first and second edition. Um, we've got games from, like, Ukraine and Portugal. Wow. So, yeah. 
And so you started this with your own collection. It was only five years ago that you got this rolling, which is kind of amazing because I felt that you've been doing this for a lot longer, especially when you've had this huge of a collection at this point. It is crazy because it does... It's weird because I go, oh, we just started in 2017, but it does feel like it's something I've done my entire life because, like, side missions we do, like gaming with veterans, uh, working with at-risk teens, that's stuff I've always done. And because I've always done it, it's really crazy to go, oh, like, I'm doing this, and it takes a lot of money out of my pocket now to do this. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I've seen you, I mean, I, I think I originally saw the entire setup, uh, maybe originally at NorwestCon, but I've seen you at a bunch of different conventions, Emerald City Comic Con, uh, are, you are at this show as well, Absolutely. at the Grit City Comic Show, showing off all of these collections. Do you, it's weird because I don't want, I don't, do you have a favorite system? Because there's so many different ones out there. Personally, I love the World of Darkness, not necessarily for the system, but... The world. Yes, the world, the lore, and all of that. And I love collecting the lore books because of how immersive it is. Have you seen all the new stuff that's coming out from Onyx Path and Renegade Games? Yes, absolutely. I've collected some of the newer stuff as well. Uh, I think I've got the Cam and the Anarch book and then the Source book uh, as well for the new system. Uh, But, I mean, I even remember the old ones. I'd get the lore books just to get fluff and interesting stuff. And I swear to God, I still read um, Beckett's, uh, uh, Beckett's Secret Jihad. Uh, his uh, like is basically just a novel of one of the most important vampires out there who's just a collector of lore. And I was just I'm like so immersed into it. I love it so much. Nice. Uh, yeah, Renegade Games, it's making the new World of Darkness, uh, Vampire Fifth Ed and yeah. Hunter the Reckoning. They actually sponsored us at uh, Gen Con this year. Nice. They gave us some cash to help us get there, which uh, helped out. It was a fraction of what it cost to get there and uh, get housing and everything for because we had volunteers. We were running games all weekend. But then they gave us one of everything that they've made so far. So we've got all the vampire stuff from Renegade. We also have the G.I. Joe and Transformers. Uh, nice. Transformers just came out. Like, we just got it in our hands this week. Uh, then they gave us a collector's edition of the um, uh, Power Rangers. So the collector's edition Power Rangers. Wait, what? The Power Rangers, of course they have an RPG, but I... It, just that just surprised me right there. So the the collection edition is cool because it's just the core book, but it's six books, one for each color ranger. <laughs> and we've already started getting rangers, the people that have played the rangers over the years, to sign the fronts. Whoa! And then at at larger events when we pull it out uh, and people play it, they'll get to sign the back of the books as new rangers. That's amazing. I love the fact that a you have the collection, but people can come and check out the books, but also like check out by look at the books, but also you're helping run games too like is it uh are you doing specific games or is it kind of like a oh i'm interested in this sort of thing and you like pull out a book or how does that even work at a convention a little of both so if you go to our website you can find our discord on there uh or our uh gilded server either way you can find us and start communicating with us find out what events we're going to we're always looking for gms uh we do a little screening with our gms kind of find out because just because you're an amazing GM with uh, your friends at the store or whatever doesn't mean you're going to be a great one-shot at, at, a, sure. at events. Yeah. And, and the more you are a one-shot GM, the harder it is to go back to campaigns. <laughs> you're like, okay, we're done. It's four hours. We're wrapped up. I'm like, oh, oh, oh no. Oh, wait. There's so, many, there's so many loose heads. <laughs> exactly. But we also do have tons of people like, oh, my God. Oh, I haven't played this in years. Do you, can I run this? And then we'll bring dice and... Uh, Universal character sheets, i.e. blank paper, um, uh, for people to use. And then I've, I've had people, so 2018 
PAX West, D and D and um, uh, Pathfinder were no shows. We were the only RPG thing there. Wow. We hosted over a hundred games that weekend, and that was just fans at the show running. Dang. It was bonkers. I just had a wall. I was. I spent the whole weekend just keeping track of games that people <laughs> were wanting to play. A guys like, I want to play Third Ed Gamma World. I was like, I don't have that. He goes, I'll bring it with me tomorrow. I'll just put it up there for three o'clock tomorrow. I was like, sweet. That's so amazing. It's just like it's bringing out all the people because, and that's one of the things I love about tabletop RPGs. Um, a little bit above just the regular board games is that, I mean, it at its base it shouldn't be like the the the, the game master versus the the players it should be collaborative storytelling and that's what i love so much about is when you can do that and having access to not only the different systems but all the different lore or the different settings like even if just like something like if you love uh, cyberpunk they literally have cyberpunk but you could also do shadow run and i know there's a couple of other ones out there i mean there's there's uh, there's a thousand different cyberpunk games but uh well with the original cyberpunk artel saurian games is here in the puget sound and the pond smiths have been awesome with us. Uh, so Mike Pondsmith's the one that created yeah. it. Uh, he and his wife, like they, they've sat down with me and told a bunch of stories about. Oh, they, hey, we remember stapling little tiny dice into this book before it shipped out. <laughs> and then um, Cody, uh, Cody and Lisa, Cody's their son. Uh, Cody and Lisa did Witcher, and they, oh wow, yeah, they have great story because Mike doesn't like fantasy. So oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So if you look at everything Mike Pondsmith's done, it's like all futuristic, and uh, so like. That, and that's a whole family affair, too, because even um, his daughter, Dolan Pondsmith, she does uh, art. She does character RPG art. And I've talked to her years ago, and it was just follow, and I follow her uh, on, I think, on social media just to see her art. And it's, like, really cool that it's, like, everybody is involved in some sort of yeah. aspect of TTRPGs. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't sat down and talked with her yet, uh, but I do want to. And um, I'm going to be getting uh, Lisa onto our uh, our. our our podcast so we do a twitch slash uh youtube stream uh which you can get the links on our website alexandriarpg.com and sundays and tuesdays we try to sit down with game designers or artists or whatever uh that are uh, that are working in the industry or have worked in the industry to talk about you know just an hour to two hours of whatever game they're working on or you know whatever comes up and i want to talk with lisa because she's been a huge big piece of glue that has helped that company do everything i want to talk to all the behind the scenes stuff well and that's a really good point about that because you can have an idea and you could want to create things but sometimes it's like with us like with our podcast like we're the guys who are the talking heads but if we didn't have scott's wife doing so much of the behind the scenes stuff we would have fallen apart we would have fallen apart coming here like just the simple fact that you've got you can have someone on the back to help out while you create and do the creative and even help out with the creative but just doing it like where they know how for us getting a square reader put together for this for us like i was like i don't know that but having that anchor is such an interesting aspect and people need to understand that it takes so much more than just having the ability to create you got to be able to put yourself out there oh absolutely we talk to uh, uh small game designers all the time and they they tell us all the nightmares they had trying to do all the shipping and management and everything after a, after a kickstarter or whatever and you know it's funny because i you know i hear the same stories over and over and over again and i keep telling you know artists and game designers Get a business manager, someone that can help you with all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. They're going to be worth it. Whatever you pay them, they're going to be worth it because you will you will save. You know, instead of shaving five, ten years off your life, 
you're going to get up, you're going to get your product out on time. And even with the library, the first couple years of the library, everywhere I went, it was just it was basically just me bashing my head up against the wall, going, "I can do it all," and you know, be there 8 a.m. to midnight for every day of like PAX West or whatever. Oh and then God. when I left for Iraq and Syria 2019, my wife and another friend really jumped in, and now they're they're board members of our nonprofit. And my wife has done all the art for us. Uh, we've got a little mascot named Uzi. Uh, we're, we're looking, trying to get um, uh, enamel pins made so we can do a uh, Indiegogo or whatever. So people yeah, can, yeah. to raise money to help the library keep going. Because it's literally cost us five to $10,000 out of pocket every year to do the library. And it's really something that is, it's really reminiscent even of what we're doing here. Because it's a history of what has been out there creatively. And I love it because you are in the South Sound area. You've hung out here. You've been here for many years. But you also travel around to show off all of this stuff. Like, anybody who can help out on that aspect, seriously, hit up alexandriarpg.com to see how cool this is. And really, I mean, seriously, they got to follow you just to be able to experience all of this. If you're even slightly interested in tabletop RPGs, see what the world is beyond just Dungeons & Dragons. Dungeons & Dragons is amazing, and it's a great entryway to get into the storytelling and, you know, combat systems, but this is so much more than that. So, seriously, David, thanks for hanging out with me, man. Oh, no problem. Anytime I can sit down and chat, I, I remember we both hung out at the same store back in the 90s playing Magic, so... Wow! I, we may not have... We may not have played against each other, but the, the likelihood that we played against each other is uh, ridiculously high. Oh, the nerd bites. Yep, yep, nibbles and bites. Oh, my God. We have stories from that. I'll have to talk with Brogan at some point and talk about that. <laughs> but seriously, David, thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. With us here now is RJ. RJ, tell me a little bit about yourself and why you're here, because the display you have out front is um, a Lego masterpiece. I'm just going to say there right now. So tell us a little bit about you, yourself, uh, what's going on with what you've got going out. Um, my name is RJ, and I'm the event coordinator for the Seattle Lego User Group, or our club acronym CLUG. That's S-E-A-L-U-G dot O-R-G. And we are in our 10th Grit City, Jet City display. Uh, we love this convention. We love the fact that it's a comics convention, and we have 18 club members participating in our collaborative display uh, that everyone can enjoy. And just like we've posted some pictures on our social media and our Discord, but like the scope of it, you have to see this in person to really get like the magnitude of this because there is so much going on. I'm just going to start off right now with the Lego Batman train that's going around in circles. Like that, now is it like just from that and then you start getting deeper into like looking at what's happening on these building tops and stuff like that and you said it's a collaborative thing is it does somebody come forward and be like i have an idea for this and you're like okay we'll implement it how does it go about creating a collaborative display for something like this um you kind of hit it on the head we come up with some ideas that would be fun um we have a section that you're talking about with the lego batman train which is a sub genre of lego which is lego trains and that is the puget sound lego train club they do a superhero city um i also participate in that and basically ours is to have lots of fun little vignettes for kids to look at various scenes with like deadpool or fairy batman fighting parademons with the power of love you know (laughs) there there's a lot of things in there including the batman train 
there's also the war of Christmas and Halloween against Thanksgiving. I saw that. I saw that was so amazing because the first thing that it, it struck me was like, wait a minute, that train has some some toppled over trees. I'm like, oh, did someone knock it over? And I looked closely, and it was uh, like there's a whole bunch of what was it elves out front of the train in front of a bunch of turkeys, and then behind them were a bunch of like Halloween. It looked like maybe a Jack Skellington or something like that. And I was like, oh no, there's there's a war going on right here. There is Santa is leading the troops of Christmas and Jack Skellington and Sally are leading the troops of Halloween to attack Thanksgiving because it's right in the middle of their holidays and they're each going to battle for dominance after that. So, little story. <laughs> and so, what got you personally into Lego building and then eventually into this organization? Well, um, my very first memory apparently is about three years old is getting a box of Lego for Christmas. And I remember playing with it and playing with it and playing with it. Uh, apparently, we also got a puppy that Christmas, but I do not remember <laughs> the puppy. I do remember the box of Lego very, very clearly, but no recollection of this dog at all. At all. Oh, poor puppy. But, I mean, Lego, and it's one of those things, too, because it, it, it builds on your imagination. Because... Obviously, you can make whatever you've set out to in terms of like following the instructions. But if you just want to go nuts and just do your own thing, that's what Legos are about. It's about creating, uh, using your imagination, and then having fun. Yeah, so the display that's out there right now is about 12 feet long and about 5 feet deep. Uh, that has um, pretty much 95% original creations content, not things from instructions. And everything else that's there, including the fully functional Lego skee-ball machine that kids can play what? with, yes, is a custom build by one of the club members. So everything that they see out there is not from the instructions, but they did get parts probably from sets that contain instructions. <laughs> and I mean, I even love just going to like the Lego stores because some maybe if, like one of the things that I've noticed too, um, I just recently spoke to somebody about tabletop RPGs and one of the most fun and entertaining things I've done was go to the Lego store to create minifigs for my friends so they would have, you know, miniatures. Because a lot of the times those miniatures, A, you have to paint, or B, they're quite expensive, especially once you get into a bunch of them. But if you can get them and you can make minifigs, it's really amazing because you can personalize them to exactly what your character is for that. So you can do so much with Legos just beyond what it comes in the box and the instructions. Yeah, and Lego has like about 10,000 unique minifigures that they have created up until this point in time. So there's really no limit to the amount of things that you can swap, trade. There's castle stuff, superhero stuff, pirate stuff, Viking things. You, the, the limit is your budget, really. Yeah, and I mean, that's with like any hobby when it comes down to it. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, I want to get your thoughts because I know uh, there's the Lego Masters TV show. And it's really interesting to see what people can do, especially like in that sort of you've got a time to do something to build and see what's going to be going on with that. What are your thoughts on a show like that? Um, I think it is definitely for the casual fan. Um, we have had many people in the Seattle area interview for this show. 
mm-hmm. uh, myself included, and not really make it to the finals. Apparently, in the Northwest, we're very calm people and not drama enough for this show. So take a look <laughs> at where these people are coming from. Apparently, there's a lot of drama there. But here in the Northwest, we're pretty good. I love it because, yeah, it's like, oh, you always want to focus on the building. And all of that stuff, is it's all it's for television. It's for television. And that's one of those uh, interesting aspects of it, too, because you can be a master craftsman. And we've seen that, especially with any other sort of aspect, because we've had people with, like, the glass blowing show and uh, the Forged in Fire. We've had people from the, this area yeah. that have done it. But they've never been the ones who are, like, freaking out. They're the ones making the solid, like, the things that they're set out to do with their craft. Yeah. We want to be artists. We want to engage with the community. We want people to, you know, know, hey, there's actually a Lego convention that just happened in the first weekend of October called BrickCon. Yeah. And that's 35,000 square feet of all Lego all the time. That was at the Science Center uh, this year, right? Um, it's at the Seattle Exhibition Center. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, That yeah. was the last year that it'll be held at that facility. They've been there for 18 years. BrickCon is actually moving to the Maidenbauer Center in Bellevue okay. in mid-September 2023. Perfect, and that's where you can experience all that. But if somebody maybe uh, either, either they're interested or maybe their kids are interested, is there a way that they can um, participate in what you do or come go about that? Um, it is a adult club, but all are okay. welcome. Um, just know that you know adults can sometimes be salty, and sometimes <laughs> that language is engaged during meetings. Um, but, you know, we do a lot of displays every year. Grid City is one of our favorite. We're also at Emerald City Comic Con. We just did... Um, King Con Northwest uh, last weekend. So there are a lot of options. The train club does the Puyallup train show, the Monroe train show. They do the um, Covington Maple Valley train show. So there are a lot of opportunities to see Lego on display that is custom, that has been created, not just at BrickCon. Um, And also there are a lot of clubs. A lot of schools now have Lego robotics teams. Oh, wow. um, First Lego League and things like that. So really the opportunity for engagement for the general public is pretty big. Uh, Lego is kind of in the zeitgeist right now with the TV show Lego Masters as well as other things. And you see, like, the gamut of the sets that Lego is putting out. You have sets for $5. You have sets for $800. So really... They're trying to market to everyone, and since it's the largest toy company in the world, they actually have the ability to do that. And that's, like, the beauty of it, too. It's, like, I just... I love the aspect of creating things. I love the STEM aspect of the engineering, especially getting kids into that. And that's one of those things. If you can go to some of these conventions and see these amazing displays, it can spark creativity in yourself. And that's really what I love to see with all of this. Like, RJ, thank you so much for being with me. I'd, uh, please uh, tell people where they can find the website so they can find you guys in person at other conventions. Absolutely. It's C-Lug, S-E-A-L-U-G dot O-R-G. The train club people can go to PSLTC.org, and that is Puget Sound Lego Train Club, or they can go to BrickCon.org, uh, one word, B-R-I-C-K-C-O-N, uh, and there's lots of information there to tell you all about Lego. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Please state your name and where you're from. Elena Hamill, Olympia, Washington. What brought you to the Grit City Comic Show in the first place? Because from Olympia, it's a little bit of a trek to get up here. Well, I, I work in Tacoma, um, but we also have a friend, uh, Outer Rim Art. She does coffee watercolors. Oh, neat. Right, rock on. That's cool. And I just, yeah, I wanted to come support her and then see what's available at, at the Gritty City. 
Well, thank you for stopping by the booth. And we were just, you know, kind of hanging out and BSing a little bit. And you dropped some Grit City Grub knowledge on me that I didn't even know about. Apparently, there's a little bit of a hidden gem behind foxes. And if you don't know about foxes, foxes is a nice gentleman establishment um, right next door to their sports bar called Pole Position. So you know exactly what you're in for on that. But also, it's right next to Frugal's Burgers, which is pretty much uh, amazing as well in itself. But I need to know about this little uh, bistro you were talking about. Okay, so it's called Cafe Citron. It is run by one man and his wife. It is Alsatian food, which is a blend of Germanic and French food from one particular region. Wow. It's delicious. I have never had a bad meal there. It's very authentic. It's all made right there as you order. Um, Could you give me maybe uh, like a description of like maybe like what some of the plates are? Are they like meat heavy, vegetarian? Uh, How does it go about with that sort of fusion? Because that's something I've never even heard of. So everybody knows sauerkraut. Um, The French version or the Alsatian version is called chocroot and it's simmered in butter and pork fat and then reduced with a Riesling and then served warm typically with salmon. Wow, that sounds fantastic. How did you fi- how did you find this place? Because, I mean, I've never heard of it. I've lived in Tacoma for quite a while, and I love being able to discover something like this. But how did you discover it? It used to be a Cajun restaurant behind Fox's, and then Fox's got busted for prostitution. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I think circa 2008. Wow, I would imagine that would have been a little bit earlier, to be honest. Um, I only know because I had a friend working there. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, But I really love French food. And when we came back from overseas, we wanted to find French food. And French food is only available in Seattle until uh, Cafe Citron popped up in a Google search. And so we tried it. Wow, that is so fantastic. And that's, I mean, now I'm going to have to try it out. Because what you just said, uh, even just like, first off, I love... It's weird to say I love sauerkraut, but I do really enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy Rubens. So that's like one of my favorites, one of my most favorite sandwiches of all times. Yeah, I want to go to there. Yeah, yeah, we're going. I love Rubens too. Yeah. So, and you just perked up with the Rubens thing too. So, okay, what's up? Okay, so there's, there's so my, let me like, I want to memorize the menu already, but um, the typically there's beef bourguignon on the menu um, and then Jaeger schnitzel. Um, and but like good Jaeger schnitzel, not like Bruno's, not like the European or Hess's. It's this is so good. Um, they have barramundi, which is a white fish, um, and they do like a puff pastry seafood ragu. Oh, I'm gonna have to take my wife here, and I'm just gonna surprise her and be like, I just found this because we've got amazing listeners for the Grid City podcast. And uh, seriously, thank you so much for coming by just for that food recommendation. Like, that is amazing. The things you can find behind a strip club. Like, I feel like maybe that could even be a bit at this point in time in our lives. Like, what's behind a strip club? Oh, actually good food. And probably, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think that being behind Foxes, as notorious as Foxes is, having a gem behind it that's actually, like, decent and amazing, authentic European food is... That's what makes Tacoma, is finding something amazing in the gross. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Succinctly put, and I definitely appreciate it. Thank you for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Please state your name and where you're from. My name is Carrie, and I'm from Federal Way. Now, are you here for the Comic-Con as a a vendor, an artist, or are you here just to experience it? I am a vendor. 
So tell us a little bit about what you've got going on. So I write books. Nice. And I write under two pen names, one my mom can read and one my mom can't. Fair enough. That's probably the best way to do that. Right. So um, I tend towards romance, but I'm kind of right across the board. So Yeah. And uh, where can people find your work? They can find it on Amazon, and they can find paperbacks at Barnes & Noble as well. And what are your pen names that you write under? Um, The first one is Carrie Avery Moriarty, and the other one is C.M. Kane, K-A-N-E. Perfect. Awesome. So, yeah, so I had an idea of do have a question, and I have a whole bunch of questions. So the first thing I want you to do is pick a number between 1 and 100. 13. Ooh, oh, unlucky one. Well, <laughs> lucky for other people, maybe. So I've got a whole website that has all these questions. And so it might take a little bit to think about, so we'll work on that. Ooh, what is your favorite strange food combinations? So my son used the one who should answer this because he always does weird things. Oh, you can sell them out if you want. Which, yeah. So he <laughs> likes to take toast and put cheese on it and sprinkle cinnamon and sugar on it and put it in the microwave till the cheese melts. Interesting, because the cheese would be a little bit savory. The cinnamon sugar would just be like cinnamon toast. So that, wow, that, I might have to try that. That actually sounds pretty good. (laughs) Right? How did he come up, how did he come up with this? I have no idea. Well, I'm just going to say, I mean, we're in Washington. I don't want to cast any aspersions about it, but I mean... We're weird. It's stoner food. I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah. But he's ne- And I can say without a doubt that he has never smoked any pot. He's almost 30, but he has never smoked pot. So. Fair enough. It's just yeah. a, one of those really strange food combinations. Of course, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm probably going to try this when I go home as well. Right? And it's quick and easy and takes, like, no time and is super easy to make. That's awesome. Now, let, since I got here for a second, how what is... Um, what is, how has it been for you? What, it's, what, what has it been like for you uh, to go and ex- be an author and coming to conventions like this? Uh, you said you're from Federal Way. Do you go to a lot of conventions around here? Um, yeah, so I do a lot of book signing-based things, but I've done several vendor events like this or some, you know, think like a, um, like a craft fair kind of thing, right, those yeah. kinds of things like that. I've done those a lot, and I do really well. The thing that I find that's really interesting is if I go to primarily romance book signings, my horror stuff sells. (laughs) Interesting. Like, I mean, people are already romanced out. They want something a little bit different. I think it's mostly because I'm the only one there that has something that's not pure romance. I mean, it's the only... Um, horror stuff that I've ever seen. I think I went to one where there was one other author, and she like came up to my table and she's like, "Oh my gosh, you have horror! This is so great!" So yeah. At this point, I would say then even on the flip side of that, maybe go to like Crypticon, which is our horror convention, but bring your romance stuff and see how that works. Well, I mean, obviously, still bring your horror stuff, but like bringing the romance, that might be uh, another uh, market. Oh yeah, I mean, I going to different kinds of events definitely shows that. I mean, readers like books with words, and you're never, you, most people like an eclectic thing, you know, yeah. collection of things. So I like romance, but I kind of like to read horror too. So, you know. You mean people are multidimensional and have different aspects and facets of their lives? It's crazy. It's <laughs> totally insane. 
but it happens. <laughs> how is your uh, how's your show uh, this year? We're towards the end of it. I mean, there's only about 20 minutes left of the show. We've been having so much fun here, being able to meet all sorts of different people. How has it been for you? It's been really fun. I found a great thing for my daughter, whose birthday was just a couple days ago. Aww. So that was great. Um, but yeah, I've met a lot of readers. A lot of people have picked up our you know business cards and are going to be looking us up on social media and everything. So it's been it's been pretty good. It's been fun. That is so awesome. And before we go, definitely give out your social because we would love to have people be able to go out there and check out some of the stuff that you have. Yeah. So for my CM Kane, it's super easy. Everything is at author CM Kane. Perfect. And then for Carrie, um, Facebook is at author Carrie Avery Moriarty, but Twitter and Instagram is at CA Moriarty 13. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for answering a question. It's really appreciative. Absolutely. I love doing crazy stuff like this. It's always fun. We are here at the end of the show. It's the last 15 minutes. The crowds have dwindled down, but the fun is still going on for a little bit. People are checking out, trying to get some last minute deals. But uh, yeah, very good show for us. We got the word out. We got some cool people to see us. And uh, we got to experience a lot of fun interactions with people. Yep, we sold the shit out of some shirts, too. Yeah, Jeff, they, they bought your shirts. They love the designs, man. Right, we did a good job. I think for a first-time con, this is a real good one. And this is our first time going about it. Ken, your professional opinion, how do you feel that we did as um, con vendors and uh, promotional peoples? I think you guys did really well, man. You moved a lot of T-shirts, uh, it seemed like, from where I was sitting. Uh, which is fantastic. Like, no promotion. You just had your T-shirts sitting out there, and people were coming up and buying them. Well, to, to be perfectly honest, I'd have to say that a lot of your art kind of drew people in, and then they got to see our cool T-shirts. But your amazing art was uh, really, I mean, especially the Zoidberg, the Skeletor, a bunch of the other stuff where I know people can find your prints online. So, like, I felt that help. Oh, and is that? Wait, no. There's Carmen San. Is that Carmen San Diego and, and Waldo? Yeah, that is. It. That is. Found them. All right. Yeah. All right. Got through that. <laughs> I just disgusted Jeff. Jeff's embarrassed. <laughs> I just disgusted and embarrassed Jeff. He's like, hey, I'm grabbing my coconut water when and I'm you, out of here. When you see Waldo and you see Carmen Sandiego at the same place at the same time, you have to yell and say that you have found them because then you have won the game. Norman Schwarzkopf? Storm and Norman, yeah. Why not? <laughs> oh, oh boy. Yeah, our cosplay is rough. But yeah, so we had a great time. Definitely go check out Ken at his website, kenzofkc.com. Also check out gritcitypodcast.com because, hey, we still got some of these shirts left. Not very many and definitely no extra larges. So we'll have to figure that out in the future. But, like, the shirts Jeff made are fantastic and amazing and now available after the convention. And if you would have been here, you would have gotten an extra large shirt. Then you could have sold it on eBay for, like, a million dollars. But, anyway, we'll have all that. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening. And until next time, stay gritty. You've been listening to the Grit City Podcast. Check them out at gritcitypodcast.com. <laughs>